Epitaph for the Race of Man 1. Before this cooling planet shall be cold, long, long before the music of the lyre, like the faint roar of distant breakers rolled on reefs unseen, when wind and flood conspire to drive the ship inshore. Long, long, I say, before this ominous humming hits the ear, earth will have come upon a stiller day, man and his engines be no longer here. High on his naked rock the mountain sheep will stand alone against the final sky, drinking a wind of danger new and deep, staring on Vega with a piercing eye, and gather up his slender hooves and leap from crag to crag down chaos, and so go by. 2. When death was young and bleaching bones were few, a moving hill against the risen day the dinosaur at morning made his way, and dropped his dung upon the blazing dew. Trees with no name that now are agate grew lushly beside him in the steamy clay, he woke and hungered, rose and stalked his prey, and slept contented in a world he knew. In punctual season, with the race in mind, his consort held aside her heavy tail and took the seed and heard the seed confined roar in her womb and made a nest to hold a hatched-out conqueror. But to no avail, the veined and fertile eggs are long since cold. Three. Cretaceous bird, your giant claw, no lime from bark of holly bruised or mistletoe could have arrested, could have held you so through fifty million years of jostling time, yet cradled with you in the Catholic slime of the young ocean's tepid lapse and flow slumbered an agent, weak in embryo, should grip you straightly in its sinewy prime. What bright collision in the zodiac bruise? What mischief dimples at the planet's core for shark, for python, for the dove that coos and under the leaves? What frosty fates in store for the warm blood of man? Man, out of ooze but lately crawled and climbing up the shore? Four. O Earth, unhappy planet born to die, might I your scribe and your confessor be? What wonders must you not relate to me of man, who when his destiny was high strode like the sun into the middle sky and shone an hour, and who so bright as he, and like the sun went down into the sea, leaving no spark to be remembered by? But no, you have not learned in all these years to tell the leopard and the newt apart. Man with his singular laughter, his droll tears, his engines and his conscience and his art, made but a simple sound upon your ears, the patient beating of the animal heart. 5. When man is gone and only gods remain to stride the world, their mighty bodies hung with golden shields and golden curls outflung above their childish foreheads, when the plain round skull of man is lifted and again abandoned by the ebbing wave among the sand and pebbles of the beach, what tongue will tell the marvel of the human brain? Heavy with music once this windy shell, heavy with knowledge of the clustered stars, the one-time tenant of this drafty hall himself in learned pamphlet 
did foretell, after some eons of study jarred by wars, this toothy gourd, this head emptied of all. Six. See where Capella with her golden kids grazes the slope between the east and north. Thus when the builders of the pyramids flung down their tools at nightfall and poured forth homeward to supper and a poor man's bed, shortening the road with friendly jest and slur, the risen she-goat, showing blue and red, climbed the clear dusk and three stars followed her. Safe in their linen and their spices lie the kings of Egypt. Even as long ago, under these constellations, with long eye and scented limbs they slept, and feared no foe. Their will was law, their will was not to die, and so they had their way, or nearly so. Seven. He heard the coughing tiger in the night push at his door. Close by his quiet head, about the waddled cabin, the soft tread of heavy feet he followed, and the slight sigh of the long banana leaves. In sight, at last, and leaning westward overhead, the centaur and the cross, now heralded the sun, far off but marching, bringing light. What time the centaur and the cross were spent, night and the beast retired into the hill, whereat serene and undevoured he lay, and dozed and stretched and listened and lay still, breathing into his body with content, the temperate dawn before the tropic day. 8. Observe how Mayanoshita cracked in two and slid into the valley. He that stood grinning with terror in the bamboo wood saw the earth heave and thrust its bowels through the hill and his own kitchen slide from view, spilling the warm bowl of his humble food into the lap of horror. Mark how lewd this cluttered gulf. Twas here his patty grew. Dread and dismay have not encompassed him. The calm sun sets, unhurried and aloof, into the riven village falls the rain. Days pass, the ashes cool. He builds again his paper house upon oblivion's brim and plants the purple iris in its roof. 9. He woke in terror to a sky more bright than middle day. He heard the sick earth groan and ran to see the lazy smoking cone of the fire mountain, friendly to his sight as his wife's hand, gone strange and full of fright. Over his fleeing shoulder it was shown rolling its pitchy lake of scalding stone upon his house that had no feet for flight. Where did he weep? Where did he sit him down in sorrow with his head between his knees? Where said the race of man, here let me drown? Here let me die of hunger, let me freeze. By nightfall he has built another town, this boiling pot, this clearing in the trees. 10. The broken dike, the levee washed away, the good fields flooded and the cattle drowned, estranged and treacherous all the faithful ground, and nothing left but floating disarray of tree and home uprooted. Was this the day man dropped upon his shadow without a sound and died, having labored well and having found his burden heavier than a quilt of clay? No, no, I saw him when the sun had set in water, leaning on his single oar above his garden faintly glimmering yet, 
There bulked the plow, here washed the updrifted weeds, and skull across his roof and make for shore, with twisted face and pocket full of seeds. Eleven. Sweeter was lost than silver coins to spend, sweeter was famine than the belly filled. Better than blood in the vein was the blood spilled. Better than corn and healthy flocks to tend, and a tight roof and acres without end was the barn burned and the mild creatures killed, and the back aging fast and all to build. For then it was his neighbor was his friend. Then for a moment the averted eye was turned upon him with benignant beam. Defiance faltered and derision slept. He saw as in a not unhappy dream the kindly heads against the horrid sky and scowled and cleared his throat and spat and wept. 12. Now forth to meadow as the farmer goes with shining buckets to the milking ground. He meets the black ant hurrying from his mound to milk the aphis pastured on the rose. But no good morrow, as you might suppose, no nod of greeting, no perfunctory sound passes between them, no occasions found for gossip as to how the fodder grows. In chilly autumn on the hardening road they meet again, driving their flocks to stall, two herdsmen, each with winter for a goad. They meet and pass, and never a word at all gives one to to other. On the quaint abode of each, the evening and the first snow fall. 13. His heatless room, the watcher of the stars nightly inhabits when the night is clear, propping his mattress on the turning sphere, Saturn his rings, or Jupiter his bars he follows, or the fleeing moons of Mars, till from his ticking lens they disappear. Whereat he sighs and yawns, and on his ear the busy chirp of earth remotely jars. Peace at the void's heart through the wordless night, a lamb cropping the awful grasses grazed. Earthward the trouble lies, where strikes his light at dawn industrious man, and unamazed goes forth to plow, flinging a ribald stone at all endeavor alien to his own. 14. Him not the golden fang of furious heaven, nor whirling Aeolus on his awful wheel, nor foggy spectre ramming the swift keel, nor flood, nor earthquake, nor the red tongue even of fire, disaster's dog, him, him bereaven of all save the heart's knocking, and to feel the air upon his face, not the great heel of headless force into the dust has driven. These sunken cities, tier on tier, Bespeak, however, from the ashes with proud beak and shining feathers did the phoenix rise, and sail, and send the vulture from the skies, that in the end returned, for man was weak before the unkindness in his brother's eyes. 15. Now sets his foot upon the eastern sill, Aldebaran swiftly rising, mounting high, and tracks the Pleiades down the crowded sky, and drives his wedge into the western hill. Now for the void sets forth, and further still, the questioning mind of man, that by and by from the void's rim returns with swooning eye, having seen himself into the maelstrom spill. 
O race of Adam, blench not lest you find in the sun's bubbling bowl anonymous death, or lost in whistling space without a mind, to monstrous nothing yield your little breath. You shall achieve destruction where you stand, an intimate conflict at your brother's hand. 16. Alas for man, so stealthily betrayed, bearing the bad cell in him from the start, pumping and feeding from his healthy heart that wild disorder never to be stayed when once established, destined to invade with angry hordes the true and proper part, till reason joggles in the headsman's cart and mania spits from every balustrade. Would he had searched his closet for his bane, where lurked and trusted ancient of his soul, obsequious greed, and seen that visage plain. Would he had whittled treason from his side in his stout youth, and bled his body whole? Then had he died a king, or never died. 17. Only the diamond and the diamond's dust can render up the diamond unto man. One and invulnerable as it began, had it endured, but for the treacherous thrust that laid its hard heart open as it must, and ground it down and fitted it to span a turbaned brow or fret an ivory fan, lopped of its stature, paired of its proper crust. So man, by all the wheels of heaven unscored, man, the stout ego, the exuberant mind, no edge could cleave, no acid could consume, being split along the vein by his own kind, gives over, rolls upon the palm aboard, is set in brass on the swart thumb of doom. 18. Here lies, and none to mourn him but the sea, that falls incessant on the empty shore, most various man, cut down to spring no more, before his prime, even in his infancy cut down, and all the clamor that was he silenced, and all the riveted pride he wore, a rusted iron column whose tall core the rains have tunneled like an aspen tree. Man, doughty man, what power has brought you low, that heaven itself in arms could not persuade to lay aside the lever and the spade, and be as dust among the dusts that blow? Whence, whence the broadside, who's the heavy blade? Strive not to speak, poor scattered mouth, I know. Phoenix.